Running scared, I compared myself to you. But until I'm me, I can never be true. So let me just make this one little thing clear. Show up as yourself. Your best year starts here. Very cool. Very cool. And what's interesting is that I forced you to do a commitment. And most of the time when we have commitments and they're forced on us, we don't follow through. So this episode really is about if you have commitment, you need to commit to your commitments. So you committed to doing a rap. Um, by the time you listen to this episode, there'll be an Instagram post already done. You'll be able to see it on there and you'll see my first attempt. I've done a few, but you'll see a much better attempt. It won't be the same quality as your rap, but I'm very impressed. So here's the question for everyone listening to this today. On the 1st of January, most people do New Year's resolutions, and they commit to doing certain things, but the question is how committed are they, and are you still to those commitments? And if you're not committed to those commitments, may I make a suggestion? Tear them up, acknowledge it, and rewrite what your commitments for the rest of 2020 are. Because if you've written down some goals and you're not going to do it, they will become what's called a distraction unit. And there's the stuff that gets in the way. So, you know, I'm flying to the States in a couple of weeks' time, and one of the distraction units is, I think I need to do another Esther. You know, you know, so I've been 20-odd uh-huh. times. And if I don't sort it out and I get to the airport, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to be able to board the plane. So yeah. that's a pretty simple commitment because if it's a big enough commitment, I need to commit to that commitment. If I was really committed to some other stuff, I'd do it. But I've just scratched about four things off my to-do list for this year because it's never going to happen. Yeah, You know, I wrote a book last year. I'm not going to promote it. I've done enough of that last year. But, I'm oh, not but it's a good book, and we should promote it. And I, you know, and but, I but we're actually, not going I, to. No, but I have actually read it as well. It is a good book. Yes, but here's the point: I was supposed to do a follow-up to the Impact Codes, and I'm not going to do it in 2020. And now I've let it go, and I've released it, which is real ease on myself. If you look at the word "release," I've released it, and it, and I'm no longer. It's no longer a commitment, so I'm not committed to it. I've publicly acknowledged it. And I've now got four or five other real commitments. Yeah. So, Neil, for you, your commitments about rapping, about TikTok, and doing other stuff is key. For most listeners of our, of our podcast, I'm sure they haven't really reviewed and renewed their commitments from January the 1st. And most people make those commitments half-pissed on the 31st <laughs> at some party, when they say things like, I'm never going to drink, I'm going to be at the gym. And, you know, when we recorded some of these episodes, whether it was the 23rd of January or the 23rd of February, I can tell you now, most gyms will have three or four people in. The 3rd of January, they would have been full. See, we weren't committing to a health program. We weren't committing to these things. So, Neil, for you, if you publicly had to commit to one big commitment, what would it be? I can tell you that. Because I actually had a realization um, whilst I was at Funnel Hacking Live. Okay. Um, so, very quick backstory Funnel Hacking Live, 
for anyone that's not familiar with what it is, it's like a ClickFunnels, um, I want to say user event, but it's more like a community thing. It's more like a family reunion for people in the digital marketing world to come together and, you know, loads of like-minded people, some great speakers, no, all that kind no of stuff. development, you mean? Yeah, ish. Um, okay. but, but, but anyway, the, the point I want to make is the company, the founders of the company are Mormon. And because they've got the Mormon faith, they don't like bad language. Okay, They don't like curse words and, and whatever else. And so the majority of the people that speak at the event, there are one or two exceptions, but the majority of people who speak at the event actually sign a contract that says they won't use foul language on stage. Is that why I've never been booked to speak at the event? <laughs> it might be. It might be. But I was sitting there in the audience, and there were a couple of people on stage that I'm – I mean, there are exceptions. There are speakers that when they come on, they warn you there may be some bad language, right? But the majority of speakers, they don't use bad language. And I was sitting in the audience and thinking, nobody's ever been offended by somebody not swearing. Very good and line. I, I, you know, I, and I know that I can have a bit of a potty mouth sometimes. And I know that can offend people. But nobody's ever been offended by me, by me not using bad language. And so I actually had the thought sitting there of, I want to, the words I actually used were, I want to get a new set of brushes and clean up my language palette. That's the way I kind of put it in my own head. I want to get a new set of brushes and clean up my language palette. I mean, I, I study not, not necessarily consciously, but for a long time I've studied the use of words and word patterns and language and all this stuff. And I think it goes right back to when I was a little kid and I started to get obsessed with music and I would look at like, you know, song structure and, and I didn't even know I was doing it. I was just listening to so much music and learning words to songs that I was picking up patterns of how words fit together and stuff. And in the, probably over the last six months, there's been music that I've listened to, you know, for, for years, and I'm talking 20, 25, maybe even 30 years, where I've listened to some of that music again and thought, I'm not cool with the lyrics in this. As a 15-year-old, I was. And if As you're I, not cool with it, and if you're not cool with it, you probably wouldn't want your daughter listening to this it. Is my, this is my point, right? You know, as a 15-year-old, I thought some of these songs had really cool lyrics. As a man that turns 45 this year, I'm no longer cool with some of the some of that lyrical content, um, which is hard for me to admit because some of those things are actually like I would have called them some of my favourite songs, and it's like actually, whilst I I still like them and they hold a, a memory to me, I'm not sure how much I actually want to listen to some of this stuff moving forward, and it's just made me think more about how I want to be conscious about the words I use to a whole other level, and it's not saying I will never use bad language again. But if I'm going to use it, I want it to be for a really specific reason, not just because it fell out of my mouth. And that's really interesting because if you asked me to commit to never swearing again on stage, I couldn't commit to that. But what I could commit to is my use of language and making sure it was appropriate for that audience. Exactly. Because it's lazy. If you swear in a way, it's because you're quite lazy because you can't find another word. And there are times I have been criticised, and rightly so, because I have just used the S word or the F word because it's been easier than thinking of another word. So I will commit right now, and I will commit to my commitments, of really thinking about my language. But I'm not willing to commit to never using bad language. Because for me, I break the commitment, I think, in about 11 minutes. Yeah, well... I, I, I would fail. If I said I was never going to use bad language again, I would fail. 
Right, but here's the point about commitment, going back to the original of this. If you're going to make commitments, are you 100% committed to your commitments? Because if you are, I will put a capital P in front of the word promise, you will make it happen if you commit to your commitments. So that's why I'm asking all the listeners to really be sure what do they want to commit to and are they willing to put it out to the universe, this is my commitment and I'm willing to accept support on it. Because whenever I ask people, how committed are you to your commitments? If they say they're not that committed, I'm happy to drop the phone call. I don't coach people anymore on their non-committed commitments. And I know it's like a mouthful, but for you, Neil, if that's your commitment to be aware of language and to have clean language and conscious language, that's a massive commitment. I know. I know. And it's and it's not one that I've just lightly gone, hey, I'm going to do this, which is why I say it's not a I'm not saying I'll never use bad language again. But if I do, I want to use it intentionally. So here's a thing for all of our subscribers. If you text us or message us your commitment to your commitment, we will support you on them and we will call you out on it over the next three or four months by checking in with you. How's that for everyone? And if you're not willing to share with us, you can't be that serious because people who are accountable and people who commit to their commitments and who are willing to share their commitments get their commitments done. Oh, public public commitment is a big thing too, right? Quick quick story on this. I, I don't know if I've shared this before. I might have, but I don't think I have. Uh, not on this podcast anyway. When I first started to start running, okay, so... Back in, very quick backstory, back in 1987, my dad ran a half marathon. I was 12 years old and I my, my dad's hero status that he had went up tremendously even more because like, how can anyone run 13 miles? I know there were loads of people doing it, but I was like, I don't understand how anyone could do it because I was that last kid to be picked for any kind of sports at school. It was not my forte at all. It was never going to happen. And it was like a hero worship thing that my dad did this half marathon. And I always had this thing from that point on that I wanted to do one too, but I didn't think I was capable of it. In 2012, I met someone that was training for Ironman and looked normal. I know what Ironman was. And when they explained it's a two and a half mile open water swim followed by 112 miles on a bike, followed by a 46.2 mile marathon. And if you don't finish in 17 hours, you didn't finish. I was like, that's crazy, but you look normal. I can probably run a half marathon. So I went home, I found a race. It was actually a 10-mile race, not a foot, not an actual half marathon, but close enough. I signed up for this race. I started getting sponsorship, but I hadn't done any training. When I went on my first training run, I thought, what have you done? Like, you know, I, I wanted to back out of it. I was like, I'm not as fit as I think I am. This is horrible. Clearly, I'm right. I can't run this kind of distance. And just as an aside, before you continue, in the old days, you had a, a, a piece of paper with a sponsorship form. I know. Now, with just giving, and it's public to the world, and it's another piece of technology, your commitment statements now are to the world, as against, do you remember the swimming? I'm going to swim uh-huh. one length, and grandma would give you 4p a length. Uh-huh. No one knew if you did it or you didn't, because there was no record. Exactly. Today, though... It's out there. It's completely different. That's exactly that. And so I did the first, you know, like my first training run and I was like, why have I done this? I did my second training run and I really hurt. And actually, I think about halfway through that first week of trying to train to do this race, 
I literally got to the point where I couldn't walk because I'd been pushing myself too hard to try and convince myself of what the right thing to do was. But I'd made that public commitment that I was going to run this race. And so it's like, okay, I've got to find a smarter way of doing this. So I started reading articles on how to train for half marathons and all this kind of stuff. I bought, there was a, um, there's a website called No Meat Athlete. And at the time I was um, experimenting with like going vegetarian and stuff as well. So I bought this thing from this website called No Meat Athlete that was their half marathon training roadmap. And oh, I've got, I got to interrupt you. I, th- I thought you meant M-E-E-T. No, no, meat, like, no, no meat, as in M-E-A-T. Oh, um, I get that. And I got this thing and it gave meal plans and training schedules and stuff. And I didn't follow it to the letter, but I used it to guide me to actually put together my own thing. By the time I got to race day, that thing was easy. But had I not made that public commitment, I would have never got to race day. 100%. And I think next week when we do the next one, we will publicly share how to set commitments up to get public support so they buy into your commitment. Because if I see one more just giving page that I want to climb a mountain, swim the river, and I just think you just really want a cheap holiday out of this, and it will seem very cynical what I'm sharing, and I've probably upset a few people right now. <laughs> but I nearly said the F word there, but who cares? But we'll talk about it on the next episode. So have a great rest of the week. And I will see you next week, my friend. Yeah, awesome. And if you're listening to this, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We will love you for it. Um, and yeah, subscribe and we'll see you next week. Be good. Bye-bye.